I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. I'm a musician, and I will be the first to admit that sometimes we musicians can get in our own little ivory tower of the arts and act like society serves arts. But personally, I love the opposite concept that society does not serve art, but art serves society. This concept is a foundational principle of an educational program and a social development program we're talking about today. Here to tell us about it is Jamie Andrews, the Chief Learning Officer for the Minnesota Opera. As CLO, Jamie has developed award-winning programs that engage audiences of all ages. One of these programs is Music Out Loud, a program with a social mission that uses music in a holistic way to teach academic skills, life skills, and enrich the community at the same time. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about the social mission of Music Out Loud and how it fits with that concept of art serving society? Music Out Loud is inspired by El Sistema, uh, which is a music ed and social development program that has come out of Venezuela that reached 45 years old uh, this year. And the the idea of El Sistema and this, this concept is that in El Sistema in Venezuela, it mostly exists as an instrumental orchestral program, and they view an orchestra or an ensemble as a microcosm of a larger society, culture, community, where everybody has an important role. The roles may be different and different needs at different times, but when you perform and work as an ensemble, you learn the skills that are necessary to function as a human being out in the, the larger world. And so that concept, the bridging of the skills needed for social awareness, uh, responsibility, consideration, empathy, all those sorts of things just fit so nicely in the ensemble aspect of orchestral music and opera, classical music in general. Yeah, I never thought about that, but... Yeah, I, the orchestra could be seen as sort of a microcosm of society. Yeah, and you know it's also interesting too when you consider uh, something like an orchestra or an opera singer. It takes many years of of skills and repetition and talent to play and perform these refined instruments. Mm-hmm. And in the real world, we need practice learning how to be citizens. Yeah. You know where we go through school and we as a child and you learn various things and have different areas to practice what it's like to be a productive member of society. These ensembles teach that as well. Mm, Yeah, that's neat. Well, yeah, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about even basic communication is so important, whether it's work relationships, friendships, marriages, parenting. And yet it's one of those things we don't necessarily learn a whole lot about in school. And it's one thing that we're constantly learning more about as we go through life. Hmm, very cool. And and absolutely critical. And, And you're right, where Yes, we learn reading and writing and history and things like that, but those social skills are just vital to a functioning community of Mm -hmm. all those other skills. And part of it is, yes, being able to maintain a relationship with the spouse or with the family, you know, and you can extrapolate that concept 
forever. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out that most LCC-inspired programs are orchestral-based. Minnesota Opera is the first opera company in North America to use the opera art form as the primary teaching tool. And that's pretty neat because it introduces a whole lot of other art forms like drama, theater, things like that. Talk to us a little bit about some of those additional components that are involved in opera. Absolutely. To me, it always seemed like a natural fit where you take an art form that is a collection of so many disciplines, as you just mentioned, the music in the theater and dance and movement, and all the technical aspects, the stagecraft, stage design, stage management. And so approaching opera education through this lens opens up the, the possibilities to connect with so many more students, some who really just don't want to be on stage, which is great. You know, there are some people who just do not want to be performers. And uh-huh. there are people who want to be designers and costume designers. For the performers, and those are important skills to learn as well. And so it seemed like a logical connection to take this concept, but then layer it in with opera. And I should also mention, too, especially we're working with such young ages, we're not necessarily thinking, you know, a 12-year-old by the end of one year will be, you know, filling in as Tosca on the... <laughs> Minnesota Opera stage, you know, they're learning fundamentals, basics, good vocal technique, basic acting technique, vocabulary, I mean, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. What ages do you work with in this program? Currently, we are reaching kids from grades five through eight. Okay. Uh, We're in the fifth year and in traditional El Sistema and a lot of programs, even in the U.S. and around the world, they start with kids as young as kindergarten, preschool and work up and you just layer them in. We we made a decision a number of years ago to start at middle school and kind of go out, work with kids going up and then hopefully work our way down the ages because of the goals of having all of the technical theater components. And um, we wanted to be able to provide opportunities for kids for hands-on technical theater experiences like learning how to sew and learning how to build a flat, things like that, earlier than necessarily waiting you know, with starting with a with a preschooler and then waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> many years to finally arrive at that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we're still it really overall it's in its infancy because the program in Venezuela starts at about preschool and works with kids sometimes up to the age of 18, 19, 20 years old. Mm. Now, these children, grades five through eight, are they choosing to be a part of this program because they have an existing interest in the arts or is it more of a neighborhood based program? Both, actually. The two locations we offer it are in a school, two different elementary schools. And we have partnered in one school with the after-school musical and after-school play and work with the staff that run those and actually have been very embedded over the years with those programs. So we're, we're tapping into the community need. And there's already a, a history with kids wanting to do these programs um, and do that, do the work. And then we're able to expand that because our program goes throughout the course of the school year and build additional skill sets and more opportunities and then uh, at one school and then another school, the school wanted us there because they don't have much theater, especially music theater programming. Mm-hmm. So we're building up from scratch, but it's still specifically at the, the site of the school. Okay. Well, and I guess we should clarify Music Out Loud is a program that's an after school music curriculum, right? It's not an actual academy where kids are there all day. 
Correct. Yep. It's after school for about an hour to two hours, and it runs the course of the school year. And so at the school we're at in Minneapolis meets four days a week throughout the year. And then the school we're at in St. Paul meets two days a week because that's that's how the school offers after school programming. Okay. So it's after school and the focus is on, in this case, opera and all of the different disciplines that go along with that from music to design, sewing, behind the stage, on the stage. You use that as a conduit for teaching academic skills and life skills. Can you talk to us about some of those. In addition to, as you just said, the artistic and theater goals and objectives that we have, we also have social development goals, and we do a lot of social-emotional learning activities built in to the program from making sure that there's time for student input and decision-making, leadership skills, a lot of peer teaching. Uh, A real unique aspect of El Sistema is, is peer teaching. So rehearsals and projects are designed to give students opportunities to develop those leadership skills with their peers, in addition to a number of other SEL skills that we work on. Okay. What have you seen in terms of the results of students who have gone through this curriculum in terms of what they're going on to in high school? Are you seeing a lot of contrast between students who have gotten the chance to experience this program and those who have not had that benefit? Yeah, it's interesting. Anecdotally, we know kids really gravitate towards the program. And there are kids that love that it's regular throughout the year and then regular year after year. And in terms of the relationships and the interest and their skill building, they certainly recognize their performance levels are so much higher. Also, anecdotally, from teachers like classroom teachers throughout the day have commented on they see the leadership of these students. The full impact of what we're doing shows up in so many different ways. It's interesting. Actually, next year we are making the jump to high school, so we will see what happens. So, are you <laughs> adding there? one grade at a time, like going from fifth grade through ninth grade? Or are you adding entire ninth through twelfth? That's a good question. So as of our chatting today, (laughs) it will probably be a version of 9 through 12 uh, because of the school location. Just to be able to layer in uh, with a new partner and layering in a program and leveraging a mass of students that are interested in music and theater to offer a program just on limited ages probably wouldn't be the best bet. So we're probably going to make the jump with a larger age span. But what's unique too is when you're dealing with older students who have more agency, more ability, maybe they have driver's licenses and things like that. It's just a new aspect that we've never uh, really had to dig into. A lot of arts organizations will do in-school residency work and maybe it's a day, two days, maybe a week most. You know, our teaching artists are working with kids throughout a course of the school year and year after year. And so the depth of relationship that they're building with the students is is so much more substantial. And so much of this work is so contingent on building trusting, positive relationships that it, it will be interesting when we're going to a new location with older kids and just everything that it entails Uh, Not insurmountable, but just just a different thing for us to to work on. Yeah. The artists who help out with this program and and make it happen, are they Minnesota opera artists who volunteer their time? Are they paid artists from other venues? Tell us about that. 
All the teaching artists that work with us are compensated and paid. Some range from Minnesota Opera staff members, and we're unique with, um, especially opera, and having multiple full-time salary teaching artist positions is just not a, a common thing. Oftentimes, teaching artists work as independent contractors. But so we have two who are who are lead TAs in each location, and then we bring in additional artists and craftsmen to supplement the work in particular the technical aspects where our lead TAs are singers they don't so they, they don't necessarily have the the technical background so okay. they're connected with us in a lot of different ways but in different parts of the company outside of just this particular program mm-hmm. well I could see how going through this program would really help students not only academically as they develop perseverance and grit by the rigors of music but also with employment I mean if you think about a kid getting into the high school age and they've gone through these types of programs they've developed a lot of skills that are marketable skills, whether they're musical skills where they can teach other kids lessons or you mentioned the sewing and the building of stage sets and things like that. Exactly. You're, you're spot on. That's, and that's actually the, the ultimate goal, with, particularly with the technical theater aspect, is that we hopefully will have kids that will go through their high school period and through this whole program and will actually have a lot of those skills and be able to come out either going into college, technical college, and the trades, whatever it might be. But yeah, that's exactly what we're shooting for. Mm-hmm. I know this program not only enriches the lives of students and the ways that we talked about, but it's also pretty intentional about enriching the community that you're in and enriching the neighborhoods. Can you tell us about some of the ways that happens? It's influence. I and I will. I will. Let me start by saying it's. I think one of the most significant communities it's had an impact on is the Minnesota Opera community, because it's a very different kind of program. And you know, when I initially proposed this, it was like, oh, that sounds interesting. But a lot of performing arts organizations don't work with one school for a long period of time, either throughout a school year and then year after year. So there's just a different level of commitment. And by doing this program, it has really allowed, I think, the company at large to rethink what the Minnesota Opera has to offer and what resources we have to offer. We are also in the process of commissioning The Song Poet, which is a book by Clea Yang, a St. Paul author, that will have students from Music Out Loud in it in the production next year. Part of the idea behind that commission is to tell a local Minnesota story by Minnesota kids. And the St. Paul School, where we're at, the St. Paul Music Academy, happens to be one of the elementary schools where the author went to school when she was a young girl. So there's some interesting connections there. And uh, it's just, it's an important story. It's important work. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned financial support. Where does Music Out Loud, the programming, get its financial support? We've received support from uh, individuals who contribute to Minnesota Opera. We've received grants in the past from the Minnesota Legacy Amendment, the Arts Learning Grant Program, and some other institutional funders in the Twin Cities area. Okay. If listeners want more information on getting involved in the program or supporting Music Out Loud, what do you recommend that they do? Go to mnopera.org, our website, and if you look under Music Out Loud, there's information there. And yeah, we, it's an interesting program, and 
happy to share it. Mm-hmm. There's a quote that I saw on the Il Sistema website that I thought was really neat that kind of captures the essence of this program. It says, we believe that El Sistema is an ongoing inquiry into the most effective ways to achieve the youth development goals that we all share through the rigors and rewards of orchestral music instruction. We have much to learn from one another as we pursue success, and we are smarter together than we are alone. Really like that. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. Well, I ask all my guests to give listeners what I call an improv. Uh, Try this at home, an experiment, a hack, or a tip that will enhance listeners' lives with music. Do you have a suggestion today for us? Sure. This is something that we usually have in conversations around music out loud and a lot of work that we do in teaching opera is to try to think like an artist. It could be as simple as consuming a piece of art by reading a poem or a book or listening to some music and and think about what were the creative processes the artist took to create that work. What was the inspiration? And maybe think about what was it about that particular artwork that made you connect with it so strongly. Think of a like a favorite song or a favorite movie. What is it about that? What is what's the emotional connection that makes it so strong? And what is the technique that they used to build that emotional connection? Mm, interesting. So trying to think like an artist. I like that. And the beauty of that is whether you're just trying to think like an artist or you are an artist, you know, professional, amateur, whatever, that's going to look different for everybody. There are certain artists who have creativity and ideas and music and poems and stories just kind of coming out of them. <laughs> and there's constantly stuff going on in their brain, and they're just trying to capture it all. And they're incredible people. They may not be the most interesting people to sit next to at a dinner party, but they're incredible producers of art and it's just kind of oozing out of them. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, we all have a desire and a need to create. If we think back when we were drawing pictures as a young child with crayons or running around singing, when you listen to a child playing outside singing a song, I mean, that inherent desire and need to create doesn't go away. And sure. we, that stays with us, and we need to do that throughout our entire lives. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and some of us don't necessarily have it just kind of pouring out of us. I hear a lot of authors in particular who are very prolific, very successful, talk about how it's hard work to write, and they have to sit there and really think and be intentional about it. It's not like it's just pouring out of them. So that that process can be different for everybody. Yep, absolutely it is. Yeah. Well, we mentioned one way that listeners can learn more about your work, the Minnesota Opera website. I'll include links, of course, to that in the show notes and also a specific link to the Music Out Loud page. Uh, you're also on social media. I'll include links to that. I think most of the, your social me- media presence is with the handle at MN Opera. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. And I'll include a link to Steema too, in case people want to look a little bit more closely at that program. I ask all of my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or a story about a moment when music enhanced your life. Is there a special memory or moment you can share with us today? Sure. And I appreciate this question because it's, it is a, such a fond memory. But it was when I was 15 years old in uh, 1990, I, I saw Miles Davis perform, the famous jazz trouble player at the oh, Chicago wow. Jazz Festival. Oh, wow. um, I grew up in southern Wisconsin. 
about three hours or so away from Chicago. And a friend of mine, a neighbor, somehow we found out he was going to play. And for some reason, my mom said it was okay to go on a school night to drive down there. <laughs> so your neighbor uh, must have been old enough to have a driver's license. Yes. Yep. And he had a car. So, um, okay. yeah. And I, you know, it was, it was a thing too, that growing up in Wisconsin, where there are not toll roads and going into Illinois, it was always the question was how many tolls do we have to go through to get to downtown Chicago? But, and you know, get back home again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not, do we have enough money to do this? And where do you park? And how do you get around Grant Park? And I mean, just that experience of doing it. But it was just, it was just amazing. I'd never seen anybody at that level. I mean, I was a fan and I knew I was in, I was a jazz fan. I knew about him and that sort of thing. But it was just unlike anything I've ever seen. And still to this day, one of the most amazing experience, musical experiences that I've ever had. And yeah, it's really, it's quite remarkable. And luckily I saw him before he died within, I think about a year or so after that. So it was my chance to be able to see him. And there's rare, really major legends that I've ever been able to see live in my life. But Miles Davis was one of them. Ah, neat. Well, I can imagine what an impact it would make to actually see and hear him play live. And I can also imagine what an impact it would be to be 15 years old and driving three hours from small town Wisconsin to Chicago and trying to park. That gets my blood pressure up now as an adult trying to park in downtown Chicago. Yeah, I I remember um, going home and I was sleeping in the back. um, And I remember we, we got pulled over by an Illinois police officer but i'm sure he was wondering why were these two teenagers with wisconsin plates in illinois like two in the morning or one two in the morning on a school night oh wow (laughs) looked a little out of place but yeah a good memory did your neighbor get a ticket no i think i think he just saw us and pulled us over i don't i don't think he was even speeding okay (laughs) so yeah just an odd thing to see on a Wednesday night or whatever it was. <laughs> well, and you found an actual YouTube recording of that actual festival from 1990. And this is going to be playing a little bit in the background. So listeners will get to hear a little excerpt of Miles Davis at the Chicago Jazz Festival in 1990.
so much to Jamie and Minnesota Opera for all they do to make the world a better place and enhance lives with music. We did record this conversation shortly before COVID-19 really hit the fan here in the U.S. And as you can imagine, Music Out Loud's programming has been taken online. Minnesota Opera also offers online a continually expanding list of other great offerings, including past performances and a virtual tour of the Opera Center. Check it out on their website, mnopera.org. Thanks so much to you, the Enhanced Life with Music community, for joining me today. There are pictures in the show notes of Music Out Loud's program and action, and also a link to the YouTube recording of Miles Davis if you'd like to listen to more of it. Show notes can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 40. There is also a link to that page in the episode details right in your podcast app. If you haven't already done so, be sure to hit the subscribe, follow, or plus button on whatever podcast app you use. This conveniently delivers each new episode to your device each week when it releases. Stay safe, stay healthy, and until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.